what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Twisted Youngins, the most orthodox show on the globe. Uh, we want to thank everyone for pressing play and tuning in to this very special episode that we have. As always, I am one of your hosts, Myra B. King. And it's your boy Mojo in the building. And we have a special guest with us today, ma'am. Let the people know who you are. Hi, I'm Davis Henry, the newest author out here. Absolutely. All right. And That's what I'm the, talking we got about. got a book out here, you know, um, Finding My Way, The Ugly Truth. Now, people hear The Ugly Truth, you know, it, it involves a lot. It's very deep. It Most time when people say The Ugly Truth. Uh, Why that title? Why that title? Mm-hmm. Well, I said finding my way because I'm still feeling my way through. You know, I'm still this. Uh, this is an ongoing process. But I wrote the book to show you where I'm at so far. Mm-hmm. where I came from and where I am now. And what made you start writing this book? Believe it or not, um, I was just one day just sitting down thinking and I'm like, man, I went through a lot. And I just started writing it down. Then I say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and see how far I can take this. And I just started Going back in my memories, you know, thinking about stuff that happened and, you know, you go in, you write this, then you change that because you don't want nobody to know that. Then you decide, OK, I'm going to go ahead and put that back in there, you know. So, yeah, it took me like two and a half years, but I decided I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Now, in because this- I think I, I mean, I think a lot of stuff that I went through, I think a lot it happens a lot in black families, mm-hmm. mostly. Mm. And uh, how many times did you uh, battle with dang? Should I put this in here? Should I take this out? Was it? <laughs> were you? A, were you? <laughs> were you ashamed of it? Like, dang, I don't know if I'm, they ready for this yet, or you know what I mean? Because it is called my ugly truth. So yeah. <laughs> what, what, how did you decide what truth stay in and what what went out the door? Believe it or not, I mean, I was still skeptical about it even after i had got the contract i'm like okay before i sign this let me go back over it one more time and mm-hmm. then i took stuff out put it back in and i just said hey let's let's do it so oh. all the way up until i i had signed the contract and was in progress i was still thinking <laughs> now you okay so this this is a close book because this consists of you know family and friends and things that you went to did you go to your family and friends and just like yo I'm, I'm writing a book i gotta put some things in there or or was it just like you said like hey this is this no is it was my truth right okay. everything that happened happened to me mm-hmm. if you happen to be involved in what happened to me then you probably in there and i and and one thing i do want to say I, at first, I was feeling kind of, you know, like, wow, I should probably shouldn't have said that. But I don't think that I should feel bad about the way a person made me feel. Mm. So if I put in there something how you made me feel, then I'm I'm sorry. Hey. Yeah, that's just what it is. Uh, yeah. Understandable. Understandable. So let's take it back. Uh, you were born and raised in East St. Louis, correct? Yes. During, uh Okay. How was it? How was it growing up uh, in East St. Louis? You know what I mean? Uh, we we know it's you know pretty rough. Uh, you being uh, a, a young woman uh, coming up, how um, how did you stay focused? You know what I mean? How did you you know keep stay grounded? You know what I mean? Uh, I really didn't. Honestly, um, 
it wasn't so bad because like back then family was family so i had plenty of cousins you know we all grew up together our parents had get-togethers you know and stuff like that and yeah it was stuff that came up or whatever you know but then i had my mama she didn't play mm-hmm. now my dad i could get away with some stuff but my mama she didn't play mm-hmm. so if anything kept me grounded it was her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And were y'all um were y'all a spiritual family or you anything like that? Well, I wouldn't exactly say that. The only person who really I got that from was my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Okay. You okay. know, my family, they understood the word and you know all that, my you know, but they didn't follow it like my grandmother did. Yeah. You know, but hey, we knew we knew right from wrong. It's- we all did. Okay. Yes, this is, you know, it, it takes strength and a lot. You got to doubt of yourself to really, really follow the word. You know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it trickles down. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, your grandmother being strong in the faith like that, you know, it trickles down because now you have a lot of, like you said, in the black community, you have a lot of people where we were, we are spiritual people. Like we're, yeah. you know, we're God's people. We're spiritual people. But since I don't know what point in time, it looks like at some point in time throughout the, 70s and the 80s they just gave up on that and then the 90s we just completely just said forget <laughs> oh, it we don't yeah. even care anymore and what? here we are in the yeah. 2000s and we don't even <laughs> second guess it they only we like you said know the truth but we are here doing us as they say yolo exactly and, and that's that's the word that's what people invented to make it okay i'm doing me well what I, exactly is you <laughs> mm, you know i i get the sense in this book that you felt like um that you weren't enough you know, like you weren't beautiful enough. You weren't living up to certain expectations. Uh, you were like you were failing your children, you know, that you were failing yourself. Uh, why? Why did you feel that? Well, way? well, I really I had low self-esteem mm. and I want to say I want to say it started after the accident. My brother and I got ran over by a car mm. and um, it was it was bad. I was 10. He was seven. Um, The car trying to beat the light and hit me. I flew up in the air, landed on the right side of my body. And uh, he came up on the curve trying to get away. And so he hit my brother. Mm. So my parents were both working. We were at my grandmother's. We talked her into letting us go to the store. And mm-hmm. she was like, no, nah, I don't want y'all to cross that busy street. We're like, oh, granny, we could do it. You know, we made it to the store. We went our way back. And uh, the car hit me. I honestly don't remember the accident. I'm telling you what people told me. I don't remember nothing. Mm-hmm. So, um, the car hit me and I landed. I had a, a skull fracture. I had a broken ankle, busted eardrum. Uh, it was bad. And um, my parents, the word that they got from work was my brother was messed up really bad. And they took him to St. Mary's Hospital and they had to airlift me over to Cardinal Glennon because my injuries were that bad. But they told a lot of People, I believe, like one of my mother's friends said, the people in the neighborhood that saw and was around, they thought that I was dead. Mm. So Mm. that was the word that my mom and dad got, that I had died. But uh, I mean, 
what what would you consider to be like one of your toughest moments that you uh, faced in faced in your life? One of my toughest moments. Yes. Um, it had to be when I lost my dad because mm-hmm. I was a daddy's girl, you mm-hmm. know, and my dad. I remember it like it was yesterday. My dad was. We were sitting on the couch. I had a headache. He sent my brother to the store to give me some medicine. He said, I'm getting ready to go, baby girl. I'll be back. And he left. And my dad, um, he worked construction. So he was working on a friend's house one night. And some people decided to rob his friend. And my dad ended up getting killed. Mm-hmm. So mm. that was, that was probably the hardest thing I ever well, back at that time, had to deal with. So I was like, okay, I didn't care, you know, what was going on. So then I really started drinking. I was like, shoot, it don't matter. You know, I, I just didn't care. I just started drinking. It was like more how, and more. How did you, you start to act Im- out as well? Yeah. Well, yeah, I acted out not only because like my hurt, dad like had died. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I, I was really lashing out because as a kid, like I said, I had low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I had a, a, a close family member. You know, she would say things about me. After, this was after the accident now. So she made it seem like, because let me tell you, I have a brain injury to this day. I have permanent brain damage on my right side. Mm-hmm. So one of her things was to always make it seem like I was slow or, you know, less than because of the brain injury. And what people don't understand about a brain injury is mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not just um, a headache. It's not just you're going to have headaches with this brain injury. A lot of stuff comes along with that. You have um, you have bouts of depression. And like I, I to this day, I feel so overwhelmed sometimes. And it's because I'm overwhelmed because I got this, 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 and this to do. But I really can't plan on how to do things because I might have a migraine that day. You know, and it's it's really bad. So people have to understand when you have a brain injury and you going through a lot and you got somebody there that's talking about you, putting you down and doing all that, you know, that, that really affects you. Mm. So I started lashing out. I mean, I really started lashing out. Wow. Now moving forward throughout your life, what is the impact you would say that, um, losing your father had on you moving forward? Like, did it have any, um, impact far as your relationships or anything like that yeah yeah i wanted me a husband that treated me the way my dad treated my mom as you should Mm -hmm. and i was looking for that you know and hey (laughs) do you you feel like you you maybe rushed into some situations like wanting to have that perfect family wanting to make somebody to be something that they were yeah yeah I did. Uh, my son's father, uh, he was a he was a great guy. He was really he was really mild mannered. He was a really great guy. Mm-hmm. We was like mixed match because I was wilding out, you know. 
I was still drinking. I was still kicking it. I was doing me, as you say. Mm. But he was, he wasn't ready for what, he wasn't ready for life. You know, but like I said, we was together. Hey, I said, we need to get us an apartment because I wanted him to spend a night and he couldn't spend a night, you mm. know, and my mom and my auntie were having it. So we got an apartment and I thought that getting in this apartment, he would get a job, you know, and take care and do things. And then that didn't happen. But he started like he tried. I would say he tried sometimes. But then when I got pregnant with my son, he really I felt that he let me completely down because I was like, this is our baby. We got this baby. And he was telling me, oh, call my sister, call my mama to get stuff for the baby. I'm like, no, oh, this ain't how it go. I wasn't, no. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to move. I had to let that go. I just, but I mean, he was a real good guy. He was not, he wasn't no hands-on father ever. So, no, I mean, so the who's... Bible said that a man don't take care of what's up, what's in his, and what's in his house. He's looked at worse than an infidel. And the infidel's a non-believer. So you can be a great guy all you want, but if you ain't taking care right, of exactly. him, you might as well not be nothing. Exactly. So, okay, so who, who in the book when I'm when I'm reading through who who was who was the one that you said was the devil himself? Because those are strong words. Whoa, you know what I mean? Like you, you, like you, when, you, when you call somebody the devil, you know, that's that, that's strong attachments that come with that. It must have been a really evil person or, you know. Yeah. It okay. Was. So you want me to tell you why I called him the devil? Yes, ma'am. Because in my eyes, he was the devil. Mm-hmm. Why? He was my ex-husband. And, uh, I'm I, okay. I'm gonna tell you one thing I know he did not want me into church. He, anything I tried to do involving church, he was totally against it. This man, I, I okay. He was really abusive, mm-hmm. verbally, mentally, physically. And it was to me, his mom, my kids, his daughter, he didn't care. Mm. He was really, he was a really evil person. And I, one night I had to call the police to arrest him for jumping on his daughter. This man was fighting his daughter. Like he would fight a man on the street. Wow. I had to call the police and get him arrested and call her mom to come and take her to the hospital. I felt really bad because I couldn't protect her, but I wasn't protecting my own kids from him. He was, he was really a bad person. And I keep saying was, because I don't know, I have not been around him and I don't know how long, Okay, but I'm, I hope that he's not the same, but then he was the devil to me. I tried like when I first started, stop drinking. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to drink no more. I'm finished. Get myself yeah. right, you know, get give my life to the Lord. Mm. No, he went and built a bar and kept it fully stopped. With yes. the stuff you know, I used to like to drink. <laughs> so you wanna know why I call him the devil? No. And I got one more for you. No, let me let me tell you this. <laughs> the man told me if you gonna keep paying your tithes at church. I'm not going to pay the mortgage or pay the bills. 
I'm so glad that by that time I had grown in my faith. I'm so glad because I said, okay, do you. Mm -hmm. And he lost his job and he couldn't get no unemployment. So guess who was paying the mortgage, the bills and time? Mm. Well, hey, you are strong. You, oh, okay, <laughs> That's deep this right it is deep, and I have to ask you. Okay, so throughout all of this, out of the course of how long did this happen? Was it ten years, five years, three years? Um, let's see. We got married in two thousand eight, so I say about eight years, almost nine. So, so you, so you basically stayed a, a decade in that. Almost a decade in that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was he this way before y'all got married? Yeah. Why'd you marry him? I fell in love with him. You fell in love with him? Man, he was going upside your head. You can't love that? I did. Okay. And that's another thing. That's what I'm saying. You, you, you just, people don't know. When it comes to matters of the heart, the heart wants what the heart wants. Mm -hmm. I know the, the mind can know that this ain't what you need, but the heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah, the Bible says your treasure is where you know your treasure is where your heart will lie as well. And hey, you know what? That's powerful because uh, a, a lot of uh, women tend to do stay. And, and uh, I was, you know, what? I want to I want to thank you for sharing that respect and honesty with that. You said the heart wants what the heart wants. And you stay in that a whole eight, eight to 10 years in a relationship. So you've endured, endured a lot. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. that that hate that he had towards you became love. That's and it's like, OK, that's you know what I mean? And a lot. And sometimes I've heard people say, like, that's how um, they know someone care about them. At least they're showing them some type of attention. I'm not saying that's in your situation, yeah. mm -hmm. but. I've heard people say that before. So um, like Stockholm, you know, at least saying? you made you know, it. You, but, but you know what I thought mm -hmm. when I started church or whatever, I thought that if I stick with him and we get married, God was going to fix him. But one lesson that I learned is just because you pray for something and it happens, that does not mean that's what God got for you. Mm. And I had to learn that the hard way. Mm -hmm. I mean, the real hard way. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, at that time, you know, like you said, you were going into the faith. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where you were adding your faith in that time, but I'm pretty sure you had ran across the don't be unequally yoked situation in that time. I did. And I thought that God was going to fix him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I did. I mean, we we all know now that, you know, well, God can't we, fix no one who don't well, want to be fixed. Well, we, exactly. Glad you made it out alive. Absolutely. I was just going to get you know, to that. Some women was, don't make it out alive. I was just going to say, you said eight years of marriage. I had to assume that y'all were dating. Well, no, we weren't married the whole eight years. Oh, okay, 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 okay. 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 Well, we oh. was only married uh, four years. Well, not even a good four years. So moving along, like in this book, did it get you, you ever get to any parts where it was just like extremely painful for you to, extremely painful for you to write? You know what I mean? Like you may have choked up or, you know, got teary eyed yeah. fighting. Yeah. When I uh, when I started to talk about my son, mm, I can. I have a lot of regrets of from raising my children, because like I said, my children was in that. I was in that environment and my children was in that with me. Mm -hmm. So I did. I had a lot of regrets for that. And I found myself overcompensating. Mm. You know, I. uh my son, he 
he knew that I felt bad, but he was one of those master manipulators, you know? So, hey, he was going to milk it for what he could. And I, I allowed that. I really did. And uh, I felt, because I felt bad, you know, that he had went through what he went through. But I had to also sit back and think, like, hold up. You know, yeah, he went through that, but you did take care of him, you know, and I did my best with him. He just went his own way and he ended up, you know, getting on drugs and Mm -hmm. I tried to help him. You know, I got him help. I took him places, did, you know, everything in my power that I could do. Me and my mom, we did. We went all out to try and help him, but. He um he was too far gone, I guess, and he uh he ended up overdosing and he passed away. So yeah. but he he did leave a son. Well, actually he left a son and a daughter. I just found out that I have a granddaughter this year. Mm-hmm. So I have reached out and gotten her, gotten to know her. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a lot. But, yeah, when I was writing the book, yeah, I cried over and over, you know, writing. Then I say, no, I'm not going to put that in there. And I'm, but, no, I needed to put it all in there so people can understand. And it's, I mean, it's, you can do whatever you want to do. But if a person is not willing to stop the drugs or stop doing whatever it is they're doing, there's really nothing you can't, that you can do about it. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, out of everything in the book, this probably was the most good. I'm going to go ahead and read this real fast for the viewers and everything. But for you, too, because you wrote this. I mean, this was probably one of the worst. This was one of the most gut wrenching things that I read throughout the book that hurt me the most. And like you said, I'm pretty sure, like you said, you cried when you wrote it. I cried dang near reading it. I mean, you literally just says, I pray to God for forgiveness. I brought them in this world. And my number one job was to protect them. I have apologized to my children many times over. I don't know if my son found forgiveness in his heart for me. On December 1st, 2017, my son lost his battle with his addiction. That was the worst day of my life. I was in um, I was weak and helpless. To this day, I go back to our last conversation and I get angry with myself because I didn't tell him I loved him before we hung up the phone. And the next phone call I got was his girlfriend telling me that he overdosed. I, that was it for me. I'm not going to lie to you. That that hurt me. I'm pretty sure it hurt you. It hurt me as bad because um my oldest brother was killed and I was in that same predicament. Me and my oldest brother, we argued a few days before he got killed and we argued a, um, about a situation with his children. And, you know, I was yeah. just begging them to get out the streets. I'm telling you, get off the streets. Dude, you got kids. Get out the streets, you know, and sure as the heck, the next time I heard or got anything from him, I went back to school. And the next phone call, like you said, that I ever heard from him was that he had got killed in the streets. So yes. uh, my question for you is, Hey, two. Well, my first question for you is my only question about this. What was that phone conversation that he and I had? Yes. Um, it wasn't even really a real conversation. Um, I was calling. I was at the doctor's office with my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, and I was calling. Actually, I was calling his girlfriend. I didn't want him to answer the phone because two days before that, we had got into a really bad. And I didn't want to talk to him. I was mad at him. But he ended up answering the phone. And so I asked him, you know, where she was. And he, I think he said she was gone somewhere. She'll be back. 
I said, well, have her to call me as soon as she gets back because I want to pick the baby up. He said, okay, ma. And I said, okay. And we both just held the phone for a minute. And I felt like that was my chance right there to say it, but I couldn't. I was mad. And I, I felt that he needed to know that I was still mad because he really disrespected me and he hurt me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. I didn't say it. And the next call I got, she was screaming on the other end saying that he overdosed. And mm-hmm. I, I went through thinking like, wow, did he hang up the phone with me? And he just felt like I didn't love him. So he went and overdosed. You know, you. I just went through all the different emotions and everything. But, I, you know, I had to pull myself together, too, because, like I said, he had a one year old son. Mm-hmm. and I knew I had to you know get myself together because this baby was here and it wasn't no turning back so I I, I did the best I could at the time I think and uh, we got through it mm-hmm. we got through it well, well thank you for sharing that sorry, absolutely. So, sorry to hear about that loss is difficult for anyone and uh, I know it's something that it never it never ever goes away you just find a way to to cope or deal you just find it. yeah that's yeah. what happens you just find mm-hmm. a way now at any point in time throughout this process did you ever feel like you know um with you being in the faith and you praying and i'm pretty sure you prayed for him to be delivered from his situation and um the addiction and everything like that even the situations that y'all had with each other you being angry at him do you ever feel like you know at any i ain't gonna say ever but did you ever feel like at that point in time that god had failed you that God had filled me? Mm-hmm. No. No. Okay. That's I felt like I failed. I felt like I wasn't strong enough in the faith. Mm-hmm. That that was, you know, I, and I, I went through that a lot too with my kids when they were growing up as teenagers. Because I would go to church and I would see these little kids, they praising and worshiping God. And I'm like, man. If I hadn't been drinking all them years and doing all that stuff, my kids would be at this point now. We would be, you know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I put I blame myself. You know, at least you're taking accountability. It's hard for a lot of uh parents to do that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's is extremely hard for parents to uh to take accountability. Uh not saying that they're responsible for everything because a child is gonna go up and go their own yeah. way. But uh, it's very suddenly that I hear uh, a, a, a parent always say, oh, I did the best that I could. But sometimes I don't really hear parents say that I do take accountability for uh, maybe if I would have tried this or hadn't been drinking all these years or haven't been on drugs. Life would have been a little bit different. I probably could have showed them more or something. But uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, that's that's good. But, you know, it starts with you, you know. At the end of the day, it starts with you. You can't yeah. blame nobody. L, it's you. It starts with you. Do you, so. How do you sharing your ugly truths, your dark truths, uh, being honest throughout this book? Of course, a lot of people feel certain ways about that. How do you? How are you dealing with the backlash? Because of course, nobody likes when stuff is being written about them you know in a, in a way but but it's your truth so how do you deal with the backlash and how does that make you feel as an author you know what i mean because i'm sure you're going to write want to write other things you know what i mean uh this this is not going to be your only project so how do you deal with that well i'm actually i don't care because like i said it's my truth mm-hmm. it's what happened to me you can't be mad 
for mm-hmm. how you made me feel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, That's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is. They can't yeah. get mad for how, like you said, for what they've done to you. Um, now moving forward, um, do you have any other? Um, do you have any other? Uh, I should say, do you have any other projects that you're working on, as far as artists? I mean, writing another book or anything like that? Are we looking for a part two of the Ugly Truth, or are we looking for another branch out? Of something else? <laughs> well, it won't be a part two of the other truth of the Ugly Truth. Okay, because I gotta live a little bit more and get some more to write about. Yeah. You know, so that's still happening. Where can but, we find uh, the book? Where can no, we? No, I actually. I actually have been uh I was writing something. It's uh, but it's fiction. I just thinking up, you know, different stuff or how things are and making up scenarios. So I've been jotting down little stuff. So I don't know. Maybe I'll give myself a couple of more years because uh right now I'm focused on getting married. So mm-hmm. congratulations. I got to and one- gotta get that plan <laughs> and one thing i do want to um go back to and i harp on for too long is the fact that when you said you know you felt like you let them down because when you went to church and you saw children in church and you were saying that if you had not been drinking that could have been your children in church with you yeah. are you working on that are you actively working on that now with you having grandchildren and your children you know the children that you have left being older and you still have grandchildren now are you working on that with your grandchildren well no here is my thing mm-hmm. Before COVID, yeah, I was taking, you know, my grandson to church because he was the only one around me at that time. My mm-hmm. other grandbaby, he's two. So he he's new. So um, but yeah, I was taking uh my other grandson to church and uh everything, but right now, one of my really one of my passions that I've always had, even when I was with my husband and had my house and everything. I always wanted to teach Bible study. I always wanted to teach little kids Bible study. And I have tried it a couple of times, you know, never could get it off the ground. And then I guess I'm kind of impatient. But uh, that's something that I I still think I want to do in the future. But I got to get my life right first. I can't leave these babies if I'm out here wilding. You know, I'm not to say that I'm wilding out or not doing it, but I'm not married yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I am still living with a man, you yes. know, so I got to get right in God's eyes myself before I can leave these babies that mm-hmm. I want to, you know, get. And uh, before we get out of here, uh, where can uh, people find uh, a copy to this book so they can purchase it so they can support it? Um, It's available on Amazon. Okay. It's available on iTunes and also Barnes and Noble. All right. Man, congratulations. Do sell copies. Uh, I've sold a couple of copies, like to coworkers and everything, mm-hmm. and I autograph the copies, you know, and sell them. So nice. Hey, Absolutely. Uh, again, we we thank you for this. Um, thank you for sharing, um, opening up with us, and uh, we 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 need everybody to go out and uh, support this book, cop a copy of this book, and uh, finding my way, finding my way, my ugly truth. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you giving us your time, ma'am. Um, giving us this information and giving us this book. To be honest with you, like I said, hopefully it inspires some of these women who are probably in the same situations or in similar situations, or possibly even looking at getting into these same type of situations. Um, similar situations and helping them navigate through yeah absolutely I thank you guys for having me no, no we thank you no, we, absolutely we thank appreciate you. you if it wasn't for uh 
creators and artists and people sharing testimonies, we wouldn't have a platform to be honest with you. No, you know what I mean? So it worked. It definitely yeah, was both ways. You know what I mean? So thank you uh, as well. Uh, continue to um, continue to, uh, if I can leave you with anything, um, continue to try to walk in the light. Um, it has really helped me as in like, um, uh, um, I know like uh, sometimes we can't go off like uh, people's actions, like uh, pastors and people of the church. We have to get in the word for ourselves and figure out, dang, um, how can I grow my relationship with God? What if, what are the likes and the dislikes of what God would accept with what he doesn't accept and and fully indulge in ourselves in that? You know what I mean? And it's still a journey for me. I'm not saying that um, I'm, you know, whatever, but yeah, it has introduced me to um, um, this this new this uh, how can I put it? This light that can help me keep my darkness in check, if I can say anything of 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 like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and that's what I encourage you. Continue to get in the Bible and read, and um, and that's what I do. And it just it just helps me with life. And if it finds a way to fill you when you feel like uh, people of the flesh, they're gonna fail you every single time. Yeah. Every yeah. time people of the flesh are right. gonna fail you. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, again, congratulations on the book. We thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And, and uh, keep your faith, keep the faith, keep up the good fight, keep up the good work. Yep. Um, Continue to be a great mother, a great grandmother and everything like that. And more than anything, I think you should recircle on that Bible study. I, th- I mean, it, with this climate that we're in. Yep. And especially yeah. the times that we're in. I think people need that more than anything. You All are right. correct. You are right. All right. And, I appreciate uh, you. We'll man. be in touch. OK, thank you guys so much. All right, thank you. Bye.